Hello and welcome to You Me and the Economy. In today's episode we will have a closer look into the imminent danger of the Russia and Ukraine issue and how it will affect the world economy and shatter global stability. There has not been any relief in the present situation of India and the current crisis will definitely aid in the decline of our economic stability. Here is your weekly roundup of economy and finance. With the intensified Russian invasion, the world watches a humanitarian crisis precipitate in Ukraine. The ripples of this could be felt across the world. The sharpening of inter-imperialist contradictions between the US and the Russian bloc may mean that the situation may further deteriorate for the worse. The effects would be very harsh on ordinary people. Food and fuel inflation that has already been on the high would rise higher with the surge in crude oil and gas prices. A 10% rise in petroleum product prices would lead to a 42 basis point increase in retail inflation and 104 basis points in wholesale inflation. It's likely that the Ukrainian and Russian grain supplies would be disrupted as they supply about a quarter of the world's wheat and half of its sunflower products. This will likely further inflate food prices including the price of cooking oil which is already on fire. The CPI inflation in India already crossed the upper limit of RBI's tolerance band in January and the wholesale price index that has been on the rise since 2021 is currently at a whopping 13%. With major banks offering interest rates of around 3 to 4%, experts say that the mounting inflation would almost act like a hidden inflation tax on the ordinary people. This will further widen the inequality gap. Adjusting the inflation would mean expenditure as per budgetary allocation would be lesser even after reaching the targets. The stock market that has already seen its biggest crash in the last two years would see disruption in the investment climate as well as capital flows. The global crisis will take a toll on Indian exports and it is apprehended that the import bills will go beyond 600 billion dollars this fiscal. All this will adversely affect the balance of payment which in turn would affect growth that has already seen a beating with the combined impact of demonetization GST and the unplanned lockdowns during the pandemic. The need of the hour for India is a robust public sector and higher social spending both of which are being ignored by the present government. Meanwhile, the World Bank has released its flagship World Development Report for the year 2022. The report revolves around the theme of finance for an equitable recovery. The report is anchored on the interrelated economic risk that households, businesses, financial institutions and governments face as a consequence of the economic crisis induced by COVID-19. The report looks at the economic policies undertaken by various governments to address distress caused by COVID-19 pandemic and holds them responsible for elevating risk like public over-indebtedness, increased financial fragility, and a general erosion in transparency. To regulate environmental, social, and governance rating providers, SEBI has come up with a consultation paper on the proposed regulatory framework. The consultation paper is open for comments till March 10th. In the past year there have been many rating providers and some have come up with their own scorecard for ESG ratings. In this context and with the stated objective to keep the global standards as India is a member of COP or COP, 
SEBI has invited public comments on the proposal. According to the proposal, any listed entity that requires ESG rating will be required to get it only from SEBI accredited rating providers. And research analysts have been considered for accreditation as ESG rating providers. There has to be a clear distinction between ESG impact ratings that measures a company's impact on environment and society and ESG financial risk ratings that measures the impact of ESG factors on a company's business and financials. Currently, there are more in the second category. Rating providers need to be transparent about their usage of terms, methodology, products being provided, indicators used for ratings, sectoral classification, etc. It also requires that the rating providers do disclose their annual reports and any potential conflicts of interest. The movement for environment, climate and human rights has its roots in decade-long struggles that have put justice at its core. As long as there are principles and the justice framework are not upheld in an ESG framework, the regulations are bound to fall short of this purpose. The need for a regulatory framework is not only because India is a signatory to the COP or Paris Agreement. The need for the regulation arises because companies have violated the environment and have committed human rights violations. The paper reflects more on a rush to bandwagon rather than commitment to the environment and social justice. There needs to be clear markers of what constitutes a violation as well as measures to prevent violations and actions taken in case of violations. The UN Environment Assembly brings together representatives of 193 UN member states, businesses, civil society and other stakeholders. This is to discuss and coordinate policies to address the world's most pressing environmental challenges. UNEA 5.2 was held in Nairobi from 28 February to 2 March 2022. UNEA 5 will focus on strengthening nature's role in achieving sustainable development goals. UNEP states that nature plays an imperative role in social, economic and environmental stability. In line with this theme, Center for Financial Accountability and a host of other CSOs and members of the Break Free from Plastic movement have been urging their respective governments to support and call towards a legally binding treaty that will cover the entire life cycle of plastics. Plastic pollutes at every stage of its life cycle, from extraction and transport to refining, production and use to its disposal. Plastic waste is littered, landfilled, burned, downcycled, released into air, terrestrial and equating ecosystems and soil. It does not respect political or geographical borders. It is in the air we breathe, the food we eat, the water we drink and even in our bodies. Plastic is also estimated to be the fifth largest contributor to greenhouse gas emissions, which are responsible for global warming and consequent climate crisis. The last day of the assembly 2 March saw the endorsement of a historic resolution by heads of states ministers of environment and representatives from 175 nations. This resolution urged an end to plastic pollution and forging a legally binding international agreement by 2024. Plastic manufacturing design and disposal are all addressed in the resolution. This resolution based on three initial draft resolutions from different nations establishes the Intergovernmental Negotiating Committee which will begin its work in 2022 and produce a draft globally binding agreement by the end of 2024 we hope much like the paris agreement in 2016 inc members will develop a legally binding treaty in 2024 that covers the full life cycle of plastic this will enable us to have a road map to end plastic pollution before it ends us 
COVID-19 has shown how critical it is to radically redesign the economic system in such a way that it guarantees everybody's safety and security. It requires us to move beyond the calls from leaders to build back better and for a great reset of capitalism. What do we need for this transformation? A primer has been developed by the Center for Economic and Social Rights on Human Rights and Economic Recovery, which is both incredible and easy to read. The primer delves deeper into the structural injustices that COVID-19 has exposed. It interprets just economic recovery from the lens of human rights obligation and also holds those in power responsible. So that was all for this week. We'll meet next week with more news and analysis on economy and finance. Until then, keep listening to Yumi and the Economy.